you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear, affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. The Around the NFL podcast has never covered a Jets playoff game. <laughs> Not yet, baby. From the Chris Wessling podcast studio, it's around the NFL. I'm Dan Hansis. Got heroes here. Greg Rosenthal, Mark Sessler. Football, man. How lucky are we? <laughs> what a great job this is. What a great sport this is. The product <laughs> that the league puts out there is unbelievable. And I just... I just pinch myself because this is just such a, a great time to be alive doing what we do. And that goes for all the all the listeners and viewers of football, which is just great. Love football. I back what you're saying. <laughs> Each of the bullet points that you uh, just verbalized, I agree with. I do think that your, uh -uh. your spirit but? and your mood. Yes. It's not a but. It's just more of a I do believe that your spirit and mood has been elevated and lifted by specific events um, today as characterized by the word on your sweatshirt. Hmm. I He's wearing a Jets sweatshirt. I didn't think of that until you said that, but perhaps <laughs> perhaps that's why I love sports so much <laughs> and why football is such a fun sport. Although, you know, I know the, the Jets, one of the best wins, maybe the best win of the of the ATN area. It's up there. Oh, I mean, but I would like to, to think, you know, Easily. The, you, you are loyal to football, too. I'm not the only one. And uh, the the week nine slate in the early window. And then Absolutely. Even, even Tom Brady there at the end in the late window delivered sure. so much as a whole. But that I think Greg, uh, Greg, Dan would Greg. have a little bounce in his step no matter Greg, what. Let's say, they, let's say the Jets had been like heavily and mercilessly waxed by Buffalo. We're not getting that opening speech. And I'm glad we're getting it, and I'm glad it happened for you. I Listen, a lot, wrong, people, well, yeah, a lot of people thought the Jets would I'm be destroyed. 
on Sunday. Maybe the man across from me, Mark Sessler. Hinted at it repeatedly heading uh, into what Sunday. What I said was that a 24 to 20 loss would be a win for Wait, them. You can't so give us that no one believed in us when you didn't believe I, in them, really. All I can tell you is that this is an amazing sport, football. And I'm happy to be here with you guys, my friends. I'm with you. I agree. I, I, nice, it's more nice statements week. I agree with. So why don't we, <laughs> you know what? Yeah, why don't we? Why don't we start with the game that was played in northern New Jersey today? Because there's been a lot of good football. You're making me uncomfortable. This this version of Dan, I don't know who he is. Where else would we start? Neither, neither do I. I don't know what's happening. Let's go check it out. <laughs> the Jets and the Bills. The Jets lead by three, fourth and 21. As Allen drops back to throw at his own five-yard line. Scrambling to his left. Buying time. Looking downfield. Leaves a bomb for Davis. Sauce Gardner's there. It's knocked away. Sauce Gardner in position on Gabe Davis, knocks it away, and the Jets are going to take a knee and win it here at MetLife Stadium. <laughs> come, come. Bob was using with the call WEPN. The baby Jets, they're all growns up and they're all growns up and they're all growns up. Josh Allen dared to challenge Sauce Gardner with the game on the line. Zach Wilson threw a touchdown pass and played smart and efficient football. And Greg the Legs Erline kicked the go-ahead 28-yard field goal with 1.43 to play. It was the clinching points of a 20-17 win over the Buffalo Bills, widely believed to be the best team in football entering this Sunday. And um, Mark, so many things from a Jets standpoint went right in this game. They played their best, most complete game against their toughest opponent and have a season-changing win as a result. And uh, yeah, it feels good right now to be a Jets fan. It really does. I mean... If you go back to when the Jets were a factor way back when with Darrell Rivas, with that elite defense, you're seeing the DNA strands of an elite defense here. And the one thing we did talk about on Thursday, I wasn't being negative about the Jets. I said, you need your young players, your young heroes like Sauce Gardner to show up and you need to cause chaos for Buffalo. And Buffalo's going to need to be coaxed into some uncharacteristic meltdowns and mistakes. All of that happened. I also just said I'm not sure I believe in this team based on where they are at quarterback. They played around that today, and they did everything they needed to do. And it is a legit Jets win that makes them a legit competitor and contestant in the AFC. This is not a fluke. There are really things happening with this Jets team under Robert Sala that suggest that they are growing quickly. The defense has been here pretty much all season. I knew they would show up in this game, and that's what made – last week against the Patriots so disappointing because they showed up that week too, uh, but the quarterback didn't show up in the second half. So the fact that Wilson was able to correct a lot of the mistakes that define the loss to New England, that's all they really, he needs to do. Like his job, Zach Wilson, is to be competent, hit the throws when they come available, maybe mix in a big play and don't kill him with turnovers because their defense, Greg, is now hitting a level. Uh, and remember, this was a, historically bad defense when Salah took over just last year. Uh, is that a level now where they could shut down any opponent, including 
Josh Allen and the Bills. It's crazy. That throw Josh Allen made, you must have been sweating out because it felt like oh, that, yeah. that Tecmo Bowl play where there's a glitch and the ball just keeps going and going and going <laughs> forever. I Not think bad with a bad elbow. Just too. with my eyes, it looked like about 70, you know, about 70 plus air yards, which is insane. But then so fitting that it's Gardner there at the end. I said that was the matchup I was looking forward to. You can tell me more about it. Jets defense versus Bills offense. The fact that Allen ends with two interceptions, only 205 yards rushing. I mean, uh, passing on 34 attempts is major. And this is a running in defense year. Most years, you would think that they can't stick around to the end because you need the passing game. But this is more of a running in defense year. And we're seeing teams like the Jets survive week to week and, and thrive. Yeah, they they have a great secondary um, led by Sauce, of course, who to me is the defensive rookie of the year. DJ Reed is the guy that kind of has been under the radar um, as another guy that's playing at a Pro Bowl level. So you, when you have that, going back to those teams you're talking about, uh, Mark, that's when the Jets had Revis and Antonio Cromartie, that could change, um, flip the field for them and limit what any team could do. This is this is their strength, their defense, and their offense has been up and down at quarterback. It's been impacted by injuries, but the defense has been here all year long. Josh Allen and they ran for 174 yards. That's the thing. Yes, and they didn't they didn't have a great running day until it mattered because they took over with about seven minutes to play, about eight minutes to play. They got the ball at their own four, game tied at 17. They were down by 11, I believe, at one point, the Jets, and they went all the way inside the Bills' red zone on eight straight running plays. And then when the mm. clock got to a point where uh, they needed to throw the ball, they didn't have to, but they said, we're going to, on third down, we're going to ask Zach to do something. He found, of all people, Denzel Mims for a huge first down that not only allowed them to get into chip shot range, even though that play that drive stalled and ended with the field goal, it put Josh Allen in a situation where he had no timeouts and no margin for error. So when they get a holding call and then a crushing sack fumble, uh, it essentially puts the game away. So the running game showing up with Brees Hall gone was huge. And Josh Allen struggles. You know, he was a little sloppy with the ball uh, the previous week, uh, as we know. Four interceptions and two starts. And in this game, he uh, the interceptions were bad. Yeah. They were uh, poor decisions. Uh, one was inside the Jets' red zone very early in the game um, after a long digs completion. And uh, in general, he just did not look comfortable. I talked about the stat um that his numbers really fall off. You could probably say this about a, a lot of quarterbacks with their number one receiver, but if you could neutralize digs, which the Jets largely did, other than the first uh, big completion on the first play from scrimmage, um, you can get the Bills in a little bit more of a vulnerable position, and that's what happened because Diggs was mostly silent after that first big play, and they didn't have someone else they could turn and to. And it stands out because who's who's made the Bills uncomfortable this season? Essentially, no one other than that. Like a, a couple moments here and there. I mean, it was a, it were two bad picks by, by Allen. And I mean, week after week, the Jets' defense is doing this, and it's your kryptonite in the AFC. If you can do this to Buffalo, you can beat anyone. Well, they gave him uh, a taste of the Bills' medicine. I, I saw a stat: they only blitzed Allen twice. It's the fewest he's been blitzed. Uh, this season, certainly, or the second least he's ever been blitzed in his career. And they, he lost that they, game too. They don't need to. They got they got tons of pressure. They got sacks. He you know he got loose for some running plays in this game, uh, but the fact that they can do what the Bills do on defense, which is not blitz and create a lot of pressure. I mean that's kind of the skeleton key here. And uh, 
They, Allen will give you a chance. Like, there's this idea that, oh, he's been a little sloppy the last couple of weeks. I, after this week, he might lead the league in turnover-worthy plays. He he still has that gene in him where he'll give you a chance a couple times a game, and he more than makes up for it. He'll right. be number two in my MVP race. Uh, but he'll give you a chance a couple times, and when you're a great defense like the Jets, you take advantage. If you look at the Jets' last five weeks, the the amount of yardage Whew. they've given up through the air, 178, 158, 218, 219, 161, and then what happened today. Where you know, If you look at the Diggs' box score, he almost had 100 yards, but right. they largely shut him down in the second half. And so much has to do that has to do with their defensive backfield. Yeah, it was just a, a great, great performance all around. They were down to four at the half, but you've, and I tweeted about it at the time. Like you felt like the whole team had showed up. A lot of Bills fans traveled and were in the in the Met, in MetLife Stadium, uh, but the the Jets crowd was a good one as well. It was a really good vibe. And uh, yeah, they go into their bye week on this, so it's a great time to hit your bye and try to get a little more healthy. And then you come out and you get a rematch against the Patriots. Patriots, so. And egged on by their reporters, they were already talking up that game. Like, oh, we can't wait. We can't wait. We shall Two see. But uh, it is it is He's a definitely hit the weight room. Looks beefy. Uh... <laughs> he does. What's and, your fa- and I'm I'm excited to see. Uh, I want. I'm curious for your guys' reaction when you watch uh, Zach Wilson because I thought you could definitely see him learn from some things that happened last week. Even the last mm. his last play from scrimmage, it was kind of a, a broken play, and you could see him being very wise about I am not going to lose this game after this amazing drive on a fumble here getting taken down. You could tell he's just playing smarter. It's encouraging. So, encouraging season, all the way around. But the Bills are 0-2 in the division, and now they have two losses, which ties the Chiefs. I know it's a long season, but it just opens up this AFC still a little bit yeah, in a way that you wouldn't have you wouldn't have thought. The Jets are a half game out of the AFC East lead with the tiebreaker right now in the Bills. How about that? But you don't want to hear anything more from me. You want to hear from a different member of the Hansis family. His name is Keith. He's Dan's dad. No doubt about it, he's a big Jets fan. What is he gonna say about the game today? What is he gonna say about the game today? What a great win for the Jets. 2017 beating the Buffalo Bills. Now, was that an exciting game? I thought it was a tremendous comeback the way they hung in there with them. And they stopped Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills. <laughs> and six and three, if you would have told anybody they'd be six and three after nine games, going into the bye, and then they're going to play New England again. Let's see what they can do. Go Jets. J E T S. Jets, Jets, Jets. How about that? Oh, wow. How about a little perspiration on Keith's shirt. He was sweating it out with the rest of us. I mean, he's been waiting forever. It's been a long time. It has to feel. Is there an element of it, of it being entirely surreal? Like, are you catching up to what's it, happening in real time? There is a surreal time? vibe around uh, the fan base right now because it really doesn't like so this. There's no didn't more feel... doom and gloom. If they have a bad loss, let's say against the Patriots coming out of the bye, right. you're not going to give up hope again. Think right? where you were a fortnight ago. I can, as a fan, I, there are highs and lows. That's just part of the experience. But right now, that was very low yeah. then. Very high now. You know what else? We're always getting banged by the listeners for talking about the Jets too much. And look, at, I think there's times where that's a relevant comment. Well, not this time, so shut up. That's, yeah. well, I, I mean, would... I like the listeners, so I'm sort of saying that to anyone that wants to create right. a rabble-rouse this week. You just don't do it this week. Thank you, Mark. All right. Well, thank you, everybody, for listening. We'll be back on Tuesday uh, with another episode. <laughs>
Oh, there's more. I'm just playing. There was more. I'm playing bad cop. There, there is you. more. I know when you came into the office today, you were like, "How about that, Greggy?" And for a second, it was like, "Of course, you were talking about the Jets," but I wasn't sure what you were talking about because there has been other but football. That, it's to, a lot of other. To things. that point, like it doesn't matter what I say to you. Yeah. Almost always, when I say something to Greg, his first thing is like, "What?" <laughs> And then I have to clarify well, to Greg. I, I, I have a thing. It's just a little it's, fog. There's a fog around Greg. I'm watching yeah. what's in, fr- in front of yeah. me, and then like it takes a second and I have to register. I wonder what where that happened. haze is coming from. It's just a, it's like I have a, my a theories. smoky haze. Yeah, sometimes. I have theories. All right, there was more football. In fact, let's go through all of these early games because we had, I think, five games decided by a field goal. Uh, so let's head to another one in Detroit. Rodgers back, he's got it, looking, looking, pressure, throws it up for grabs in the end zone. Incomplete. Incomplete, ball game over. Boys, let's get out of here. Four game losing streak over, and man, did this team need that. This football is great. What a sport. Well, now they've won me over. Dan Miller with a call, WXYT. The Detroit Lions became the latest defense to shut down Aaron Rodgers and the Packers, getting the big stop on fourth down in the final minute to seal a 15-9 win. Uh, That, yes, as you heard from Dan Miller, finally the Lions get that second W. And the Green Bay Packers, for I believe the first time in the Aaron Rodgers era when he's the quarterback, have lost five straight games and this was another one, guys. This is another game from my draft. Nice draft by Zeuser on a big spot. Um, another game where the the plays were there. It was there for the Packers to do what every other team has done against the Lions, which is hang 400-plus total yards and 27 to 35 points or whatever, um, but th- just failure to execute over and over. And for a guy that went on a major – uh, radio podcast show um, recently and publicly said that members of his team, his teammates, need to be losing playing time uh, and having their reps cut. To then go to Ford Field and play the game that Aaron Rodgers played where he threw two end zone interceptions, bad ones. He threw um, another ball, a deep pass, that would have been a touchdown if he just puts the right throw out there. He underthrows his uh, uh I don't remember if it was Lazard, I believe, or maybe it was – I'm not sure who it was, actually. But he underthrows that receiver all throughout the game. He's missing throws. And it's not only Aaron Rodgers is not the only reason they lose this game. And credit is due to the Lions and my boy Aaron Glenn, their defensive coordinator, who's been under fire, obviously, uh, with the rest of that coaching staff. But seeing Rodgers leaving yards and points on the field every week is stunning. Seeing it against a Detroit defense that's been historically inept – is a whole whole other level to this. A Detroit defense that had two interceptions all year that couldn't stop anyone through the air or on the ground and have Aaron Rodgers end the game with four incompletions and to have him still like show this frustration that seems to be beamed out and aimed at everyone but himself. I just I find I find the whole situation uh, very problematic. They've got the Cowboys, Titans and Eagles up yet next and no humble brag, but I said on Thursday I'm not <laughs> sure they get to seven wins. And like 
Seven wins would be a nice finish to their season. Well, you can't humble brag about your uh, lack of belief in the team of ATN. This is why you never give up on the team of ATN. Never. I never doubted them. They're on a one-game winning streak. This was their Super Bowl. I Who didn't knows? give up on them. I just, I didn't, I wasn't enjoying the experience. They got the same. Uh, Nor was I. Nor same, was I. same losses. Uh, yeah, same loss column. When here. they bleed, we bleed. Hot blue, blue. That's right. They, they got the you know great defensive game for the Lions. You know, in terms of being. Uh, opportunistic and everything. But essentially, they also had their worst offensive game of the year. Like, the the Packers' defense did as much as they've done all year, giving up only 254 yards. They were put in a bad position by their offense all game. And it still didn't matter, which is, it's shocking. Like, the post-game quotes from Rodgers. You want to hear Rodgers? Yeah, let's hear it. Here's Rodgers talking about, you know, what's gone wrong. Well, I mean, I played but uh, I never gave up. Obviously, I don't want to lead us in rushing, um, but I knew I was going to have to make some plays in my legs, and that's really the moving forward. I'm going to have to keep doing things like that. I feel like we never gave up. I mean, we just moved the ball well in the first half, and they threw a couple picks in the end zone, took points off the board. So that obviously came back to hurt us down the stretch. Look, I know they didn't run the ball great when they did try today. Aaron Jones got banged up, and I think they had uh, 59 yards between – Dylan and, and Jones, but the comment that mattered more to me uh, than that post game one was one that Aaron Rodgers made to Aaron Andrews during the week, who he has a pretty close relationship with, and mm-hmm. he's he's told her, "I want to go down swinging." Instead of last week, where they were really focusing on the run and people were trying to, you know, give them, uh, you know, kudos for running mm-hmm. the ball so much, mm-hmm. he's like, "If I'm going to go down, I want to go down swinging." And he's talking about throwing the ball deep down the field, and they tried it today, it didn't work. It did not work, and uh, you know, for the Lions. I thought, you know, they're still a team with a lot of problems. I don't think this is uh, we're going to see them making a charge here necessarily. But at the same time, it has to be a total relief for everyone in that building. And on this show, it's become a sad tradition of the team of ATN to hear Dan Campbell be sad um, in his postgame press conference. So let's hear Dan Campbell be happy for once. Oh, at last. Listen, of course it feels great. I'll be honest with you, I'm exhausted. So, like, I just... You know, I want to go home, put the feet up, drink a beer, and, you know. I love it. <laughs> I get it. I'm yeah, not man. giving up on them. We got the, They got the Bears. I'm hey, saying we. Season, they got the season, Bears and the Giants next. Right. Win those two games to get to four and six. I know that's tough. Two road games, that's but it's a possible. Tall order. And then you at least get to Thanksgiving against the Bills. Why'd they give them the Bills on Thanksgiving? At, you know, with some, Bills mo- are some momentum. Anybody could take down the Bills. They're playing the Bills on Thanksgiving? That is, Why do they uh, do that to these teams? That is tough. <laughs> you doing? I mean, I get you want you can't have them playing a dud because then, then it's an unwatchable game. But um, <laughs> It's true. That's absurd. Uh, yes. So the Lions approved to 2-6, two 2-3 and six, two and three at home. And I worry that Justin Fields might have 1,000 total yards against the Lions. But maybe – this is a defense that will start to get some momentum off this. Uh, Aiden Hutchinson had his first interception of any kind. I believe there was a quote after the game. He never even had one in high school or Pop Warner or wow. anything else. So mm. uh, nice, nice win. And for the Packers, this was we talked about it on the Thursday show. Also, like, man, you don't go into Ford Field and hang a bunch of points on the Lions and get healthy. <laughs> you have a major problem. The Packers have a major problem. Well, that, that some was of their, it is directly tied to the quarterback. That was who is their asset test. Fingers, 
in other directions. That was your acid test. You failed your season. I, if I had a fork on me, I would fork them right now. Ooh. I don't need to spend Ooh, another we week or two hanging around wondering because I don't even mm. care if they go on a hot streak. I don't buy them as anything more than a you're loving this. A trash barge floating down the, the dark river. <laughs> I mean, you've been you've been waiting for this for I'm seven not, years, what? and then you picked against them against the Commanders. You picked them as your lock three weeks ago, oh, and yeah, you said hell you were done. No fury like a sexy And honestly, scorned. I almost well, I could. I don't know if I could lock this. I think I tried to lock them again this time. I was going to turn around and do that, and it was like, I'm glad <laughs> I, that would have. Oh really, my gosh, <laughs> I would have driven home. All right, uh, he he's. You're right with Ryan. his deep balls aren't getting there all the time, and this was no. an indoor game. It's a little intra. It's a little. But but you know what? He's 40. He is 40 years old. He's not 40. He's 40, isn't he? Am I he's crazy? How many interceptions did he have a year ago? He's Why turning 39. He he's turning 39 in one month. But um, the weird thing is, and we got to move on, but the weird thing about watching Rodgers in this game, um, he still moves really well. He'll spin. He'll throw some beautiful – he'll make some beautiful throws. Be like, That's Aaron Rodgers. But then he'll just, he misses so many throws this year. It's just been a different guy. There will not be three straight MVPs for number 12. He has as many picks as he did all last year. Let's take a break, and we will welcome in our buddy, Shook. You go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower, 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter let's please welcome jamal crawford to point game king of the court one-on-one tournament if they had it back in your prime do you think you could have took it all i'm gonna be honest with you i don't think i could have took it all but i think i would have shocked a lot of people i think kobe and everybody in their prime kobe would win a one-on-one contest yeah I, yeah because you gotta think Love he's it. gonna guard he don't care about guarding he's gonna guard he's gonna exactly. guard like you see him in the olympics <laughs> he's gonna guard and then on I'm top of it like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because they ain't it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Good sleep should come naturally, and with the new Natural Hybrid mattress, it can. A collaboration between award-winning mattress brand Lisa and home design favorite West Elm, the Natural Hybrid is the culmination of these two companies' shared values. Premium materials, meticulous craftsmanship, and sustainable practices. Made with natural latex, responsibly sourced natural wool, and environmentally safe foams, the Natural Hybrid elevates your sleep sanctuary. Indulge your senses and supports a greener tomorrow. Plus, when you purchase the natural hybrid, you're also helping fuel Lisa's work with shelters and those in need. Since 2015, Lisa has donated more than 40,000 mattresses to ensure children and families have a safe place to sleep. Don't put off a good night's sleep any longer. Get a Lisa mattress today for a sound sleep tonight. Visit lisa.com/iheart. That's l e e s a.com/iheart. 
welcome back. Before we bring in uh, Shooky uh, for a one-game cameo this week, did you see Fox trying to um, pump up the Cowboys-Packers oh, Don't get me started on this. I, Greg and I were talking about this all Rivalry afternoon. renewed? Yeah, it's just like... Hook? I, I guess if you're like... What is the most, that? You have to be the most super cash fan <laughs> to not get that cash. one of these teams is like totally spinning down the drain. Rivalry renewed, and they're like showing shots of uh, Dak caught it. It's like, what... What am I missing? Why, why is this now renewed? It's they. There was zero irony to the commercial. I, I mean, one it, of the teams was great in the '60s, the 1960s, and then one was great in the 1970s. Right. And uh, they've been great at various points since. It's some they, 90s, yeah, the, 90s right, yeah, classes. It, it felt but they're like suggesting a by saying that now it is a rivalry renewed. Yeah, they're suggesting right. that the recent years, like during the run of this podcast, they haven't been rivals or it hasn't been a big deal. But now it is. When Total the Packers stretch. are one of the worst teams in the NFC. They pushed it hard. They should have just had a big picture of Mike McCarthy and mm. say, Zaddy's going to get his revenge. Mm. How about that? Mm, mm, mm. That's a better ad campaign. <laughs> Let's uh, check in with a future Zaddy. As we get to our next game. Whoa, don't put that on him. Stop you know. it. Come on, Greg. Here we go. Yeah, come on, Greg. is right. The kick is up. 27 yards. Snap spot. <laughs> the kick is up. And good! G-Buddy! G-Buddy! Greg Joseph has kicked the Minnesota Vikings to a 2017 lead. So you have to understand the history of the Minnesota Vikings to understand why on a chip shot field goal, Paul Allen, who's called every miserable field goal moment in Vikings history, how nervous he sounds there. Come on, Greg. Right. We need you here. <laughs> yep. Anyway, KFAN there. Kirk Cousins leads another comeback victory, and everyone likes it. 20-17. to 17. Well, the commanders don't. But that's the way it is for the Commanders, whose winning streak is over. We now welcome in Nick Shook, future Zaddy, in my opinion. Uh, Shooky, you know, the, the Vikings are really difficult to figure out. I feel like we're going to have this conversation again. Because in this game, they're the better team. They're a superior team with a better roster. And yet they're they're sweating out a game against Washington in which, in which they were trailing by double digits, I believe, at one point. Yeah, double digits in the fourth quarter, and it looked like Washington was about one more play from pulling away, and they just did barely enough and got enough little mistakes by Washington to stay in the game. couple long passes to Jeff and Justin Jefferson, one early on the first touchdown drive, another to keep that drive alive that led to a field goal that made it a one-score game. Then they get the timely interception, and that's basically how they got back in the game. But, you know, as I wrote in the What We Learned, they had a great opening drive. Good they puck. got out and scored a touchdown. Everything's looking good, and then they just fell asleep. Yes, thank you. I, I try to get the plug in, Greg. Well, What uh, We Learned is an underrated asleep. column on NFL.com, really summarizing everything in succinct manner every right week. Now, it's that's on, right. It's the top article in the news stack on NFL.com. And Shook, everyone should know, this shouldn't be a surprise, but Shook is the lead writer, whether that's official or not. <laughs> he is the lead writer. He gets to choose which games to watch, uh, and they it runs and breathes oh, through Shook. A valuable employee, to say the least. Well, first off, I feel like I'm listening to a Wikipedia readout of, of what we learned <laughs> actually is. <laughs> and secondly, you guys know I pick my games to fit the podcast, so it all runs. Hey, don't but, try to uh, ruin the, the mirage. This is Hollywood. <laughs> nope, I'm bringing it back down. This is show business, see? <laughs> uh, how, how, uh, let's well, check. I, 
uh, uh, let me just uh, throw to this because this was fun. Um, Kirk Cousins, who, again, was on a team that played in Minnesota called the Vikings last year that blew every game that they're now winning, uh, and it's uh, leading to the, the rebirth. You want to talk about a something renewed. You like that is renewed. Let's check this out. You like it on three, one, two, three. You like it! Shook, do you think that the teammate, it seems like they kind of like Kirk. It's kind of like a they do. nice little vibe there. They like him enough that they put all of their chains around his neck, which had to be about 50 pounds. He's shirtless on the plane. That video and they is all great. Are dancing in the aisle in the plane Good with vibes. him wearing all of their jewelry. Because we know it's not his jewelry. You know, we know he's not wearing a chain to the stadium. I, my personal opinion on you like that. It's played out. It was a Washington thing. Fans in Washington. But they were in Washington. I think that's why he did it here. This was a little extra. Yeah, they jackal. started mocking him. Fans were doing a you like that chant <laughs> in the stadium when they were up by 10 points. So, of Oof. course, he gets the last laugh. But far from a perfect performance for him, for sure. I hear you. But the play, if you're watching on YouTube that we happen to be looking at right now, third and seven, 12 minutes and 30 seconds left in the game. They're down 10. They don't pick up that first down they might not win and kirk uncorks a beauty here's the thing about kirk cousins he's a beautiful thrower of the football what he's protected and actually that play he wasn't protected he did it under pressure but he isn't playing any better this year i don't think than he normally plays but that was a big time throw in a big moment and helped start the comeback and to it was a big time throw in a, in a moment in which right before he had thrown an interception that was brought back by defensive pass interference on Benjamin St. Jude. Once Jude's. again, don't, ruin, you know, don't ruin the Hollywood story here <laughs> that we're trying to spin. <laughs> I do. There is something. got to bring it back down to earth. There is something about the offense that I can never trust. And you alluded to it, but they went 78 yards on nine plays and then they go six punts and an interception. It's like, what happens, Mark, when when the competition gets better and they go into these funks and then you're putting a lot of stress on your defense to keep you in the game? I just I don't know if Minnesota's truly been tested yet, but credit to them for piling up wins. I I got a text from a Vikings fan who's been listening to this show since day one, and he was like, I don't want to hear any nonsense about the Vikings offense going to sleep like they normally do because we're seven and one and deal with it. So they are survivors. They've, they've survived in a way they didn't last year through some of their darker moments. I want to ask you one question though, Shook, there was a play here where Curtis Samuel had a Some touchdown. Some of your friend. Like, just tell him to chill. Well, he, it's our he, job to You guys met him this. at the Minnesota Super Bowl. Oh, and he, he loves you guys. Great guy. So he's a great I guy. I get it. But like, enjoy it's the job. moment. We have to. Yeah. I, you know we what? Must. Let the Vikings have a little they're bit of five, edge right they're now. They're five losses up on the Packers right they're now. They're going to win that division. And yeah. they have to play at Buffalo next week. So enjoy this week while you can because you're getting angry Bills. You're getting angry you're Bills. You're getting angry Bills, but you know what? That's a great, great test for the Vikings. That's perfect. You have to show what you're made of. Uh, against a top opponent. That's nice, Shooky. Right, Shook, I want to ask you a quick question, though, because there is a kind of play in here that I want to go review. It sounds delicious to me, where a ref knocked down a defensive oh, yeah. back on that Curtis Samuel touchdown. Love these things. Yes. Yes. So it's like a ball into triple coverage. It's just like a desperation heave. It's kind of on target. A DB is going back. It's Cam Bynum. He's in perfect position to pick it off, and he collides with the ref. And the replay is fantastic from one angle where you see the ref <laughs> stiff as a board falling to the ground and as he's falling he's still keeping his eyes on the play not protecting or bracing himself whatsoever yeah my fiance was sitting here and i looked at her and said hey look at this replay look how this ref falls as if he's falling into a coffin <laughs> it, it, was, it was majestic it was fun it was wonderful. we needed that ref fainting this week it would have been a week oh, late that would, but that that would have been, almost would have pulled yeah. it off and uh, just another 
plug of the what we learned on NFL.com. I love the little next-gen stat of the game. Harrison Smith had a huge interception, which improved Minnesota's win probability by 22.9% from 14.7 to 37.6. That's what it's about. Watch yeah. out there! That I, is, uh, that's exactly what it's about. I, I look at uh, I Greg, look what at happened the, with your laptop. I mean, what was suddenly that? like Here's an a, anthem coming off of Greg's laptop in the middle of the Here's show. Here's the thing: it would have do a show. Greg. It would have been light Mute on button. the podcast, but now you're you know making it, it into a whole. You know why? No, because because, we do. because we do. it it came on, yeah. And both Mark and I looked at you, and you just stayed frozen. Yeah. And I had no idea it was coming from my computer. Clearly, it was coming from an advertisement. No one will ever hear any of this. You know when. What's not going to get an advertisement this week? We have some developing news uh, here from after this game. Mm. <laughs> Taylor Heineke, he's not buying any Nikes this week. The Air Jordans in uh, in purple and yellow? I don't know. I'm colorblind. Not not yes. getting purchased. Sorry, Heineke, that interception. That beat. You know that that's Blue the you. colors of the Vikings, though, right? I mean, yeah, but I'm. You mean, um, yeah, that the purple and yellow are their colors. You're just, you're not gold, sure. Gold, gold. I mean, well, I'm I looking mean, at it. Sometimes they have little subtle, you know, gradations of these Tough things. Tough for Greg. Purple, certainly. Uh, Shook. Anything else to add on this particular game? <laughs> I can confirm that the Vikings are purple and gold. Um, I thought for a second there that Taylor Heineke had basically secured the job, no matter whether Carson Wentz, Wentz was healthy or not, because. This team plays with more energy with him. They just look like they want to be out there when he's on the field. He earns that with his play. His oh, come half, on. That, that, uh, no. But that they're like one of their two touchdowns should have been an interception that the official, you know, knocked over the players. Yeah. He even said after the game, that guy deserves a game ball. I, I could not have stood. You said like the Vikings are a little bit of a soft seven and one. If the if Washington had somehow won that game with that being a key play, it would have been the worst four game winning streak in the history of the NFL. I've never seen a team Wait get a luckier right. than the Vi- <laughs> than the Commanders have the last three weeks to win those three games. That I, said, I, didn't, I didn't need it. They're anymore. so much more watchable with Heineke, in my opinion, than Wentz. So I I don't really care about what the team's doing. Oh, who locked it up? Because of what Greg just said about the luckiest four game winning streak, I locked up the okay. Vikings successfully. Thank you very much. Sure, well, great job, Justin. Yeah. Good job, buddy. All right. Another good employee. Hey, uh, just one and done. A hit it and quit it appearance this week, uh, Shooky, but you nailed it as usual. Oh, one more plug. Um, NFL.com slash wow. underdogs, where I took the Lions over the Packers. Look let's at go. that. Well done. Way to go. Way to go. Nick Shook. All right, guys. Ladies and gentlemen, let's head to Soldier Field next. Another field goal game. Empty backfield. Fields back to throw. Getting fresh. He's going to run with it. Gets off. And it's incomplete. Knocked away by X-Man. He wanted St. Brown. X-Man got his hand in there. And the Dolphins will escape Chicago miraculously. Well, the defense, man, struggled most this day. But they came up big late in this game, Jimmy. Wow. Jimmy Cephalo and Joe Rose, the call. WQAM. Everybody knows X-Man is former NBA power forward Xavier McDaniel. Yeah. Let's not go transferring the nickname. Teammates with the teammates later. with the glove back in the day. <laughs> very good, Mark. What? Well, it's a different sport. I Some watched would say a ton very of different. NBA back in the day, during that day, that time period, that era. Very nice. Not so much now. What do you think about the Seattle Sonics now? I wish they still existed. Oh. Do you think that you think that I am like? You think I would not know that that team did not exist? I Come don't tend to, and this is in no way a takedown, 
I don't see you really as a, a sports fan as much as you are a fan of football and the Browns. That so I didn't know whether you were totally plugged in on the move to Oklahoma City, for instance. It's a fair question. Tua Tungavoloa threw for three touchdowns. Tyreek Hill had 100. You know, he's going to have over 2,000 receiving yards if he stays healthy. Uh, 143 more for Tyreek. And the Dolphins somehow held off Justin Fields, who's all of a sudden saying, hey, I'm not just making the leap in year two. I'm heading toward the Superstar Club. Uh, but it wasn't enough to beat the Dolphins in their high-flying attack. Final score, 35-32. to 32. Let's welcome back Rave Digger. Um, who helped us out with this game. Justin, uh, it feels like now it is to be assumed that Tua is going to throw for 303 touchdowns, no matter the opponent. Tua looks really good in this offense, and he's hitting guys over the middle of the field. Tyreek Hill said after the game that he's the most accurate quarterback in the NFL, again, doubling down on his preseason comments. But I don't know if Tua's playing really well or if he's played two bad defenses in a row because the Bears' defense could not get a stop in this game. But neither could the Dolphins' defense. This was a real track meet of a game, and not just because Justin Fields literally sprinted 61 yards to the end zone, but like just up and down the field, both teams piling on yards, and it came down to those key stops. I mean, the blocked punt was the difference in this game, really. And when was that? What uh, What's the story? That was in the first half. It put the Dolphins up 21 to 10, but it was like their only stop, the Dolphins' only stop of the first half, and it led to immediate seven points, which mm. was obviously crucial and put the Bears in a hole that they continued to like claw their way back and make it a close game. But every time they got close, the Dolphins would go ahead again. It's two straight weeks. Yeah. And I, I hear you, and I was thinking the same thing because, you know, the receivers are so, so open for Tua, and the Bears' defense seemed to – have phoned it in the last couple of weeks after trading away two of their best players. Eddie Jackson, who's been there forever, said out loud this week, it, it makes me wonder if I should start, uh, you know, pl- pl- trying. Like, why are we even trying here uh, when when you're trading away our best players? But like we predicted on Thursday that but, this is going to cause havoc inside that locker room. But how many offenses in 2022 can just put 30 on the regular on bad defenses? There's like... Four, maybe, and Miami's one of them. Especially so like, this year. So there is no yeah. such thing to me as like you, you're you beating up on a bad defense because no other offenses essentially are doing that. That's kind of like, yeah, my, what my point was. I, I think this is just going to be – I and you got to give a ton of credit to to Mike McDaniel, um, who obviously has a scheme that he's, a, he's connecting with the players. It works. And Tua, who is a guy that is a huge figure of, of suspicion and doubt – um, I believe I have a sandwich prop about him not making it through the season as a starter. I was not alone in those doubts, but he is coming up and delivering, mm. and he's just a really good fit for the offense, which is ironic because remember when the I remember when I was in Disneyland with my kids uh, and my parents when the Tyreek trade went down, and the initial take was, I don't know if it's a great fit with this quarterback and blah, blah, blah. He is the perfect guy for this offense because the receivers get so open and he puts it on the money and lets them do the work. Um, but let's talk a little ju- Justin Fields. I oh, mean, boy. this is unbelievable. He ran for 178 yards in this game. That is the most ever by a quarterback. Whoa. And, Mark, we're seeing this now. This is the guy that, you know, when they moved up to take him in the draft, this is the guy that they hoped they were getting. And it's a huge development in this season. I know I know Bears fans want to be winning these games, and it's it's almost impossible with their defense, but this has to be the most encouraging development for Chicago 
fans in a decade plus, if not two decades, three decades. They haven't had a quarterback for so long. Hey, they and made that NFC Championship game. Don't take that away well, from Jay Cutler. But that for the exact <laughs> reason saying. that you kind of knew you didn't have the guy that was going to take you all the way. Double I don't know what's here. going on with, with Justin Fields in the future, but I, when I look at like Luke Etsy, to me, and what they've done, because you know, it's a defensive head coach, Matt Eberflus, Etsy's running the show there, and it reminds me, it gives me shades of what the Eagles did last year with Jalen Hurts when it's like, let's tailor this around our quarterback, let's become run heavy, and get it any way we can. And if you, if Justin Fields between now and next season, the same way Allah Hurts did, grows even more as a passer, you're looking at, I think right now, the second best running quarterback in the league behind Lamar Jackson, and maybe the best. Justin Fields was unstoppable with his legs today. I think there was only one third down he tried to take off with his legs that he didn't convert. And the Bears converted 10 third downs on 16 Mm. attempts today, which is, I mean, just incredible. They really couldn't stop him when he ran the ball. And he actually made two plays on the final drive that could have been, like, at least leading to a game-tying field goal or a game-winning touchdown. The first one, a little controversial, targeting Claypool, could have been called for pass interference. Mm-hmm. Could have that not. Should have. Should have. Especially with the way this game was officiated. The first drive for each team, they got some semi-weak pass interference calls downfield. So like that one definitely should have been a pass interference. And then we saw the highlight of the last play, which uh, the announcers gave Xavier Howard credit for getting his hand in there. But that X-Man, was a man. That was please. a drop by Equinemius St. Brown right. that uh, Justin yep. Fields made the right throw yep. on the money and the receiver did not catch the ball and then they lose the game. Right. So That was not a, a stop. Uh, right. <laughs> and, and you know, there's a little concern. It's not like their traditional passing game for Fields worked today. They had 123 yards on, on 28 uh, attempts. But if I'm the Dolphins, I'm getting a little concerned about the defense. I think one of the reasons they gave up a first-round pick for Bradley Chubb is they've been a really disappointing defense this year. Uh, they've been, I would say, one of the more disappointing defense in the year. It's been totally papered over by the offense, um, but they're not expecting to be a bottom ten defense. Well, it's, or, it's or the worse. same and scheme with the same some of the same, same coaches. players. So that I mean, that's a concern. They haven't been great in third and short. And then just just uh, before we move on, it is Luke Getzey. Uh, Etsy is the online marketplace uh, where people come together to sell, buy, and collect I I said un- unique items, often like little trinkets, you know, handmade. I thought I said Getsy. But by the way, thanks a lot, Greg. That's a really <laughs> great way to correct someone you're working with as a teammate for 10-plus years on the show. Just well, so you it was know, twice. Mark, it was twice. I mean, there, break. there are serpents everywhere around you because uh, someone yeah, got yeah. in my ear yeah. to say, call him out. He doesn't know how to say Getsy. Oh, no. And he I didn't just, in my ear. And I shut it. I said, you know what? I'm going to let Mark roll here. But uh, there was another snake slithering your way. But you know what? I mean, I've written its name you many know times. It's I know it's, they I can know confirm behind this. <laughs> the glass. There was no uh, snake in my ear. I was the snake. I want to well, just only, only clear that. Would just like make sure that. everyone knew that. I must clarify. The evil was all my own. If it, if it wasn't a funny <laughs> online marketplace where you can get like little nice items if you just want to kind of like. Well, I know you what your, is Yeah, too, you have your way. mood board and you're like looking to pick out some things. Me yeah, and I'll all my friends a, are jerks. I'll <laughs> buy you a mood board. <laughs> all right. Let's keep moving, gentlemen. Uh, let's head to A-Town. That's Atlanta. And this will be for the game or overtime. Chargers (laughs) win in a walk-off if it goes through. Snap good. Hold good. Kick is up. It is good. Cameron Dicker for the win. Ah, there he is. The erstwhile voice of God of the Around the NFL podcast. Really, always. 
and forever. Matt Moneysmith, KYSR with the call. Cameron Dicker. Dicker the kicker. Kicked a game-ending field goal three days after he was signed as a free agent. And uh, that lifted the Chargers over the Falcons 20-17. to Dicker also made a 31-yarder with five and a half minutes to play to tie the game. Uh, also, I must say, he went to the same college as Justin Graver, our producer, which apparently is very important why to do you some have to, people. Why do you have to say that? People like told- that stuff. I don't know. They do. It, it yeah. is a thing. Greggy, um, the Chargers found a way here, and despite them being somewhat underwhelming on balance this year, they get into like the halfway of their point, uh, half midway point of their season. Easy for me to say, uh, in good shape at five and three. Yeah, they gave the game ball to old Dicker. I think it's the third different kicker that's gotten a game ball Dicker the kicker from Staley uh, this season after the game, which only the Chargers could pull off. I learned nothing about either of these teams. They it was, it was the <laughs> most predictable game of the year in terms of all the strengths you expected, all the storylines, all mm-hmm. the narratives throughout the course of the season on both sides exactly played out. It's a great and, call. The narratives are, are very strong with these two per- particular teams right. in terms it's like, of accuracy. It's like the short passing from Herbert never going downfield. Yep. Uh, absolutely no pass rush for Atlanta. Yep. Like Atlanta held the ball. Both these teams with these long drives and Atlanta started the game running it really well. Yep. And then, of course, there's a crazy ending that has to involve kickers where something bizarre happens. The Chargers little twist on it this time, though, was that as they're going in for the most perfect four minute drill of the season. And I always love it when the team gets it with just over four minutes left. And then the announcer explains the four minute drill. Mm -hmm. And we've watched a lot of football. So we've heard that explanation. I'm not saying it's a bad idea, but they explain like, okay, they want to take all the clock down. And that's exactly what they were going to do. Like Eli in 42 is an example. It's a great example. That was a good example. Um, (laughs) No, it wasn't really right. They needed a touchdown there. The four minute drill is like, (laughs) you want to take all the time off and then you want to, you know, uh, win it at the end, and you, you know, I you're think we trying just, to burn we just it. like bringing that game up. Or forty. That was good. Yeah, that that also was a, a good game. Another nice drill. That, that was a nice Manningham one. down yeah. the sideline there. But this time, as as like the Chargers are bleeding the clock, and when they got the ball back, I was like, oh, the Chargers are winning this game because every stop that Atlanta made, and it, it felt both ways, felt like a miracle in this game. They get inside the ten yard line. Austin Eckler uh, fumbles it. And the Falcons pick it up and start running down the sidelines. I want to. Let's, and, let's and listen it's to one it. of the plays of the year. Herbert to Eckler, and Eckler gets upfield, gets inside the twenty. The ball comes out. Ball comes out. The Falcons have it up the right sideline, and that ball comes out again. And the Chargers oh, fall no. on it at the forty-three. The My world? goodness. With what 34 seconds left, going back to on? back fumbles. We got to see if Eckler was down. Cue up the yakety sacks. <laughs> Money loves it. So, Greg, I think you tweeted this. It was like Chargering versus Falconing, and <laughs> no one lived. Right. The take one Graham fumble, he shouldn't be blamed for it. The defensive lineman who picked up the ball, but it was so sad well, because he, fumbled it. he wasn't yeah. touched. It wasn't like he was tackled. Right. He was just a big man running with the ball, and eventually the ball came out. I love when fumble recovery guy fumbles. It's a rarity, and it's it's enjoyable. So I feel like it happens a lot, actually. A lot? I like mean, half the time, the guy who picks it up fumbles. Yeah, you're getting, maybe you get a little greedy there. Yeah. The percent, you know, well, but he greedy. wasn't. He was just running. He I was mean, just running, and the ball came out for no particular like reason other than he's not bird. used to it. Yeah, I mean, if, you, if, you have, if you've self-scouted yourself enough to know that if I'm running and untouched, I might just drop the ball, then you then you avoid that, I'd say. Credit to uh, 
Herbert, though, who basically had to pull off two game-winning drives on the same drive. Like Derwin James said, oh, I knew they were resetting downs because I play Madden. Uh, you know, because the ball changed possession. So the Chargers then get a first down at the 46. Got to get back in field goal range in, with only 30 seconds left. And Herbert has like just a seed over the middle to Joshua Palmer. Any game you can survive without Keenan Allen and uh, Mike Williams is a good one. That's what are you what making I... a face on the seed? I'm just saying. No, 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 no. I'm just reading. There's a, a standalone sentence paragraph in the AP Gamer that reads, <laughs> teammates lifted Dicker on their shoulders following the game winner. It's just funny. It's a good sentence. Well, it's his name, Dan. I know. It's a good sentence. They survived in advance. You know who's funny? Also, uh, Jonathan Vilma, who I like. Uh, He's one of the Fox dudes. And he's a little rough around the edges as a broadcaster, which is one of the reasons I like him. Um, And he'll say things where you'll kind of do like a double take. Like, oh, you don't usually hear that emanating out of a a booth in a professional setting. Let's listen to this after a uh, a particularly vicious Cordell Patterson run. He had two touchdowns in his return, by the way. Cordero Patterson is a grown man, Kenny. I am so glad I don't play football anymore. I don't want any part of that. <laughs> you just ran over a linebacker like that. Jesus Christ. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> you know what? Every week, Kenny Albert has to ask him, like, are you allowed to say that on television? Because there's been like three or four of these moments. I felt that way. That's like, a drop, by the way. <laughs> yeah, I felt that way. That was... He stole that man's soul. It was Drew Tranquil who had a Jesus Christ. interception of the game. It was it was vicious. It was vicious. Oh man. Your boy Tyler Algier, by the way, forty four yard run, ninety nine yards on the ground. Um so he's playing well, really he's not he's a, not official. Well, that's he's a good I said player. your boy, not he's your guy. Player, you he's know? not an official uh, guy. Yes, 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 yes. I do feel like, you know, when I pinpointed him and was giggled at by Greg a couple weeks ago. Um, that, once again, another fine performance by the young player. Ay, that's why I was so- Meanwhile, another week has ticked off uh, the clock in terms of processing, so now we're down to, like, six weeks, I believe. Everything, every, you know, just in time for the wild card appearance. Speaking of processing, I, I do want Marcus Mariota to speed things up a little bit here sometimes when he does go back to pass, and... Um, and make a play in terms of when they're improvising. Did they they pass too much in this game? Which I didn't think I would say about them, uh, especially in the second half. They were passing too much on second and third downs when they could have just run the ball. And Mariota is just not an accurate quarterback at all. And like when he's trying to make a play out of nowhere, they never make a play. Well, it's like Kyle Pitts seven targets, two catches, and there was one. They had a couple this deep game. shots where like Mariota just was so off target. Mm. Everyone is under 500 in the NFC South again now that Atlanta's lost. Bad division. Bad, bad division. Everybody is over 500 in the AFC East now, by the way. Great division. We'll get to the Patriots. Exciting division. In a little bit. Uh, You know who else thought they had a win today? The Raiders. Mm. But they didn't. (laughs) They snap it quickly. They pitch it to the right. This is ATN. Inside the five. Into the end zone. Touchdown. A touchdown run by Travis Etienne, and Jacksonville has taken the lead. Right there is a major candidate in the comeback player of the year race, Travis Etienne, who's Mm. becoming a star for the Jaguars. He ran for 109 yards and two touchdowns, just spiting that vicious scorpion woman, Liz Frank. Trevor Lawrence also played very well, uh, bouncing back from some down efforts and uh, Jacksonville wins a close game. That's nice. 27-20 over the Raiders. However, Greggy, that 27-20 doesn't tell the whole story here. At one point, this thing looked like it was in the bag for 
the silver and black. Those are their colors, by the way, Greg. No, yeah, it was 17 nothing, <laughs> And I wanted to start positive. We will get to positive Jaguars talk, but you led me here, and so I might you as must. well go. 17 nothing in the first half of this game. Derek Carr played a perfect first half, essentially. Devontae Adams had nine catches, uh, I think for over 130 yards in the first half alone, uh, or 146 yards for, in the first half alone. Throwing to... Devontae Adams in the second half. Derek Carr was one for eight. Oh, no. Throwing overall in the second half, Derek Carr was six for 16 for 33 yards. They actually got the ball four separate times after that ETN touchdown with the chance to take the lead, and they didn't do it any time. It was really the Jaguars' defense that ended up closing this game out. The Jaguars' offense, per usual, kind of didn't quite finish it off, even though they, they did a much better job overall. You can't kill them when they came back from 17 nothing. but there's just something about this Raiders team that they've got like a loser's mentality. Yeah, well, it's, there's an incredible stat out there. They are 53-5 and five since the year 2000 when they've been leading by 17 or more points in a game. Of those five losses, three of them have come this season under oh Josh McDaniels. It's even great. It, it was like they, this they is had, who they are. They had lost three brutal. total games up 17 in their last 628 games, and they have three this season. The Raiders have already given up as many 17-point games, I mean uh, leads, as any team in the history of the NFL. They've like tied the worst, and they've now got seven games to, to break that record. Mark Davis is not Al Davis at all. However, I wonder if there's some serious buyer's remorse right now um, after this just a horrendous season the Raiders are having. And this, remember, rewind back to the end of August, this was not what anyone was expecting. And In fact, there were some people that thought that they could win the AFC West or at least give the Chiefs a real run for their money. So for them to be buried now at 2-6 and six and almost dead uh, before we even sniff uh, Thanksgiving is stunning. Let's hear Derek Carr, by the way, who... Um, was biting his tongue, to say the least, when asked about what has gone wrong uh, with this team. It's the third time you guys have blown a 17-point lead this year. Any similar sense or any similar feeling that you can look back on? You know, I think uh, there's a lot I want to say, you know. Um, but if I'm honest, I don't need to say it here, you know. Um, you know, and there's things that, that will be said. There are things that need to be addressed and all those things. But I think for as a whole, the urgency part of it, that after 30 minutes of football, we have to learn that the game is not over. Here's the thing, though. He he was what is that accent? right there. What do you mean, it's what's a, the accent? I don't know. It's like this like weird sort of a stew of accents. Twang that like gets more dominant as he continues his speaking. Well, Fresno, maybe there's like a, an accent in Fresno, and then he went to... Uh, I think he lived in Texas for a big Texas. chunk of his life. It sounds like Jerry Jones's brother Cletus, <laughs> who never left Oklahoma. Like I love that quarterback. <laughs> I'm glad we heard that, because, you know, I I Cletus think he, Jones. he has to be yeah. self-reflective, because the comeback started in the first half when Carr had an open Ab Amir Abdullah for a touchdown and totally underthrew it, and that led to three points instead of seven. And Carr missed a ton of throws in the second half. There were some miscommunications, but the game ended with him not giving Devontae Adams a chance to make a catch on the back shoulder throw. Mm. And then he's too hot for Hunter Renfro throwing it like really hot and, and too hard and high on fourth down. And that's how the game 
ended. Like it was a it was a rough second half. But I give the Jaguars credit who sent a lot of blitzes his way, who did create a lot of pressure. I got I've been getting on their defense, and their defense had a nice day. And Lawrence uh, had. I think we've said this a few times this year, but I really do think this was the best game of his career. All right. It couldn't have been any cleaner. Like, next-gen stats had it as the highest success rate for drop-back passing since a Mahomes game last year, which that was surprising to me, but it makes sense because basically every time they drop back to pass, they picked up seven or eight yards, and, like, he made no mistakes. There was nothing flashy, but he also ran for 53 yards. That was key to the comeback. Like, he played well. I, the one thing that I think is really concerning for the Raiders, too, is I, I started to get on board a couple weeks ago thinking the way they're running the ball, this can be their identity. 38 yards last week in an absolute no-show, 24 nothing loss to the Saints. 70-something today against a defense you can run on. Right. They, um, they're they bad with the lead, I think, because other teams, they should be able to run with the lead. But they're bad because then other teams just start throwing every down, and that's great against the Raiders because they just can't cover anyone, especially over the middle of the field. Christian Kirk, it wasn't flashy, 8 for 76 and 1, but he was awesome. His route running and the quality of his catches, he made a huge Him and difference. Lawrence have had good chemistry yeah. all year. Big game. Big game Self-doubt is a disease, and the Raiders have it when it comes to closing these games. Um, Let's take a break, and we'll continue on. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because it ain't me? <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Tired of restless nights? Meet Lisa, the sleep expert. <sighs> Here at Lisa, we know that good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health. That's why their mattresses are made for exceptional comfort and support, catering to every sleep need. Check out Lisa Sapira Hybrid Mattress, named best hybrid mattress five years running. Sleep hot? The Chill Collection is built with cool-to-the-touch top fabric and layers of high-density comfort foams, all intended to remove excess body heat while maximizing comfort. With Lisa, getting a new mattress has never been easier. Delivery is free, and you have 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your home. Don't spend another night dreaming of better sleep. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com forward slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. That's leesa.com forward slash iHeart. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details. 
Welcome back. Let's now move to Foxborough, the site of the lockiest lock that there was ever a lock of. It was locky. Elliger takes the snap. He's in the end zone. He's pressured to throw. Cost a little tight. And picked off by Jonathan Jones. Runs out of the tackle right into the end zone. What a day for the Patriots cornerback. Juno was on the field there. It's an underneath crosser. Ball gets tipped. Jones in the perfect spot. Goes down to the knee. Picks it up. Gets the lead block. Takes it in for a pick six. Is that... I don't think I'd ever heard Zolak give analysis like that. <laughs> no, that was layered in depth. In, it was more of depth. a retelling of the play, but even even then, yes. For him, though, Details. it was very nuanced. Right. He painted you, a picture for the, like, the listener. Inaudible, like, yelps and screams. In between, like, you know, chugging a beer or two, I would assume. I don't know that for sure. Bob Sochi and Powerade with the call for WBZ. <laughs> Matt Judon and Josh Uche combined for six of nine Patriots sacks. I don't know if Matt Ellinger's the guy. And the New England Patriots beat up on the Colts 26-3. to The Pats are 5-4, and four, moving above 500 for the first time this season as they reach their bye week, followed by that big showdown against the Jets. Mark, um, I said this is the lockiest lock game ever because me, you, Gravedigger and the Wesling uh, Zoo all locked it up, and uh, it kind of went exactly how we predicted. It looks like. Yeah, it did. I just I. Yeah, keep it going. <laughs> Had to play it three times for three locks. I did not lock them up. Also, you said Matt Ellinger. It's Sam. That's okay. Hook them horns. These guys love to. <laughs> these guys love to uh, put us on the spot here with right. these names. Um, Who knows? I would have come around and corrected myself, but then Justin chose once again to. Sandbag, the host of the show. I yeah. learned my lesson from last week. But yeah. you didn't. It's unfair. You did not learn Well, it. I didn't, like, jump in immediately. I just no, no, no. That you one did. you could let, yeah. let go. No, thank you, though. <laughs> it was still a slimy procedure by you. Sorry. Right. Gravedigger. I apologize. on brand by the best man. Ellinger. <laughs> that would be a funny nickname. The, like, just a very sarcastic, the best man. He did a great job. I had this the speech go. I had yeah, that land. The, it went very well. Your bit. Uh, it went well. I told the joke that everyone on the Friday Fun Show told me not to tell with a lot better delivery, and the entire place erupted in laughter. Erupted. You why, know why? why did Why did it work better? Do you think it was I, Kansas funny? Yeah, yeah. it's like middle of the country. <laughs> no, but also and we love like, the middle of the country. The joke Adore had been it. a running yeah. bit throughout like the whole day, so it was like a nice so original too. You know what? <laughs> Well, what did you mean by Kansas funny uh, there? Um, no, I just think different values, different sense of humor. Uh, probably more in line in like, like CBS sitcom things, yeah. things like that. Plus you're rooting for someone at a Yikes. wedding to say anything kind of right. light and then everyone's going to over. I'm not saying that this was over-celebrated. Right. It certainly feels that way to me. But Common man rankings just take it a little no, bit. No, that's of a fine. I, I think there's probably a lot of people in Kansas also with a very cerebral sense of humor that like, Shows like Arrested Development and absolutely those type of <laughs> absolutely shows. I'm just saying this crowd in particular seemed to. It's a multifaceted community. God. I mean, it, it erupted. He made it sound like it was. They like, were also. It was willing. like Chris Rock in Madison Square Garden. <laughs> they were willing and ready to laugh at anything. There are a lot of Mr. Exactly. Show fans in that, Kansas. Thank also, you, that you can see that Gravedigger, by the way, that you can understand yep. the environment that you were that you were successful in from a comedic angle. Absolutely. Right. After I was so unsuccessful on Friday, I understand why wow. it was a different situation. Bomb All right. Bomb. All right. That was it for Colts Patriots. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Go ahead, Mark. Well, 
I just I think Matt Ryan was in a bad position. Sam Ellinger is in a bad position. You're paying you're you're playing behind the most expensive offensive line in the NFL right now, and it's just a shock how far they've regressed. We've been seeing it all year. They opened the game with six punts, including a block punt that basically ended the game because all the Pats needed to do in this was like put up 13 points, and to your point, it's about the lockiest lock of all time. The Colts were 0-14 on third down. That's kind of hard to do. Almost set the NFL record. Was 0, 0, 0 for 15 is the NFL record. 0 for 14. So, I mean, that's the only thing they achieved on, was man. not setting the record. Jesus Christ. Now, Ellinger had 43 net yards passing because he had 60 yards lost on these nine sacks. Mm. I mean, just there was not a single drive where it really looked like he had a chance or they had a chance. There was no Jonathan Taylor. I mean, they were in a tough spot against the kind of in the kind of game that Bill Belichick sits around dreaming of. Having to deal with an Ellinger, not deal with, he had to deal with Belichick in reverse. Um, it was a bloodbath, and I'm not that impressed. The only reason I, I thought the game was a little questionable for our lock early on was that the Pats offensively are a paint-by-numbers um, eyesore, and Mac Jones just looks to me continually looks un- uncomfortable. Woof. And Ramondre Stevenson is running the ball really well, and he has been for a while now, and he was sort of all they had with no Damian Harris. But... I. They grew stronger as the game went on, but not so much their offense. And I, because I think guys like DeForest Buckner and the Colts' offensive line handled the Pats or the Colts' defensive line handled the Pats' front five that were missing guys. And it did. It was, it was a tough watch. It was, it was a rough and tumble watch. That like, cool. If you're the Patriots, nice win. I wouldn't float around town bragging about it all week long. Right. They. They averaged 3.3 3 yards per play. Their defense was awesome, though. Like, the Patriots averaged 3 yards per, 3.3 yards per play, which would what? be, you know, one of the, if, if that sir, was over the ga- course of the season. terrible. It was. It felt like it was six and a half hours long. There was a total of 19 first downs in this game. The Colts only averaged two yards per play. It's crazy to me that the Patriots are five and four, and they, they really have shown an ability to steamroll and – smother bad or limited quarterbacks. They don't have a ton That's of a good them. good skill to have. Right. Yeah. They don't have a ton of them left on the schedule, but they, they do have Zach Wilson uh, after the bye because if this Patriots team even had the 2021 Patriots passing offense, you would say this is a very spicy team that could make some noise in the playoffs. Well, they'd be 7-2. But they, don't, they aren't that team. Not Instead right of 5-4, and they are probably 7 wins. I uh I give Matthew Judon a lot of love though. They don't make a lot of big free agent splashes uh in New England. I guess they have more than they've been given credit for over the years. But when they signed him, that was a surprising move. It was surprising that the Ravens let him go. And he went from having a great year a year ago to an even greater year this year. I mean, he is having an outrageous all pro type of season and Despite their personnel looking terrible on paper coming into the year overall, I mean they're like a top five, you what know, points guys? allowed defense. Judon. No, he's not uh, one of my you guys. Got on, you got on him a little bit at the end of last year, but he was hurt. I think he's one of your guys. I, I, he was at the beginning yeah. of last year. I mean, I've always liked. I've always Once liked. Once he's Judon. one of your guys, he's forever. Okay. one of your guys. Okay, that's good. They get a week off. They they can enjoy so, it. Justin, why did he go to UT or something? Why are you throwing your arms up? What's oh up? no, nothing. Oh. I'm being a professional. Oh, as the podcast. Oh, oh, right. the oh, Titans you're, are you're playing watching right now. the Titans. <laughs> Have you paid attention to okay. to any of this? I give of course. you a pass. For and this, do you Justin. feel ashamed that Sam Ellinger went to your college at this point? No, oh, we're doing this again. Sam Ellinger's <laughs> last year at UT, he had no pass protection and he looked so bad. So close to moving on. And I expected him to look bad for the Colts, and he's looked pretty bad. So. Three five and by one. the way, Jonathan not all three Jones. fives and ones are equal. By the way, yeah. Colts to finish fourth in the AFC South. Not that 
looking that bad anymore. Jonathan so. Jones are still sp- there. Jonathan Jones had a spicy blocked punt in this, and then the interception at the end. I mean, he had a great it's a game. Nice day. Their nice defense. Day. I like when I say don't float around town bragging about the win. The defense can. One half of the team can. The other half must stay home during the bye week, and reflect quietly. I'd hope so. Uh, another team that's reflecting right now, the Panthers, because they got whooped in Cincinnati. Burrow takes the snap, gives to Nixon, bouncing it wide to the left. Penalty flag down, he's at the 10, 5, into the end zone for what could be his fifth touchdown. Offside. Ah, defense. defense yeah. Yeah. How about that? How about that? Touchdown. A 15-yard run for Joe Mixon, who has just set the single, the Bengals' single-game record with five touchdowns in a game, and we still have nearly 20 minutes to play. And he didn't even score a single touchdown after that. Slacker. Five touchdowns for Joe Mixon. They don't all land. Mark looked at me like I had an elbow grown out of my forehead. No, I like what you did there. You gave me a very solemn like. I was just my mind was on something. Were else Were you watching at the, the Titans Chiefs game also? I just if you're someone listening at home, there is a like a 70 inch television. Do I have to go full oh. dad and say no more television in the studio? I was trying to do two things at once. Because I'm in front of the TV, so I can't see it, but I'm starting to worry that first the producer and now one of the co-hosts maybe aren't wa- you know paying attention to the podcast anymore during the taping. Your joke was brilliant <laughs> when I. Had, came around to recording it in my mind. Anyway, Joe Mixon <laughs> rushed for 153 yards. And, yes, five touchdowns, four on the ground, one through the air. Bengals jumped out ahead, 35-zip in this game. Uh, basically, he's telling Greg Rosenthal, by the way, hit the break on all your criticisms of our offense and our offensive line because we could do this. 42-21 was the final, which doesn't even begin to tell us those three garbage-time touchdowns led by Baker Mayfield, by the way. Um, Mark. What did you see in this game? Why was it so easy for Cincinnati and so hard for P.J. Walker, who was history by halftime? I think we talked about week after week that where is the ground game from a year ago and the balance that it brings to an offense missing chase. And it came, it just came in waves today. And Mixon looked like last year's Mixon. It was, ad- it was absolute domination at halftime because I don't really count anything that happened after halftime in this game. It was just like, Ultra garbage time. 311 yards to 32. 21 first downs to one first down for the floating Panthers. 21 plus minutes of time possession. So a lot of what happened was the Carolina offense totally breaking down and unable to sustain anything. P.J. Walker was yanked at halftime for Baker Mayfield because he was 3 for 10 for 9 yards with two bad interceptions. So you're saying it wasn't a good fantasy spot start in my 2QB league? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> yeah, I am saying that. Okay. Negative I mean, points. I'm, Negative I'm, sure you, I'm sure you figured that out before I confirmed I that for you. I did. Uh, but if this is, I, you know, I don't know, because it's like, where, what was going on Monday night and then you're this? It's like, are you that sort of all over the map as a, as a Bengals team? But if... If there's anything to take forward, if they can do this on the ground and be this balanced, it changes everything. It changes the way that a defense is going to deal with the Bengals. And I, today it showed up and it just was like kind of reminded me of when they started to turn the corner a year ago. It looked like that team. They're high-level games this year. And really, there's been a few, but two in the last three weeks against lackluster opponents are as high-level offense as we've seen in the NFL this year. And it gives you some hope, especially with the bye. And the schedule's reasonable that they can survive. 
because the AFC is deeper. It's going to be tougher to make the playoffs in the AFC. We'll see if the Ravens win on Monday night, but the, you know it's going to be tough to win that division too. It, it's huge to win as many games as you can until Chase gets back. Yeah, and that and you're right. They're hitting their bye now, so you've survived uh, two weeks without Chase. You have a win and a loss. The I mean, the Cleveland game on Monday, I don't want to call it an aberration because that was – but maybe it was, though. It's but, some of these division games just take on a strange You know, an island complexion. game on the road against the rival that kind of owns you. Uh, it was not a good look, but at the same time, every team has stinkers uh, now and again. So I, I'm willing to – I was willing to be open-minded about how they would recover from that, and I know the Panthers stink, but – uh, they also were very competitive uh, the week before uh, in a near win over Atlanta. And the Atlanta. week before that. And they couldn't get that. over it. They, they recorded the greatest play in the history of the NFL, Dan, and I wasn't recovered from it on Thursday. <laughs> and Walker they clearly wasn't. weren't either. That ended up being like the end of his starting career potentially. Going through P.J. Walker's head while he's sitting in the locker room bench, he's saying, seven days ago, I made the greatest play in the history of the sport, and now my career is in tatters. What what a the pinballing of the sport. It's one of the reasons I love it so much. You do love the NFL. I've been I, I I've been picking it. that. You know who else loves the Jesus NFL? Jesus Christ, I love I, it. I forgot to mention this, but during the Colts Patriots game, when it was still very low scoring, Mark Sessler was quoted saying, "I love this game so much." Well, about so, Colts Patriots. I'll tell you why because it was so maybe this isn't <laughs> for everyone. Have to get that out there. It's not He's everyone's cup football. of tea, but it when, feels good to football. When it's so when a game <laughs> is so bad and I could tell it was going to be so bad, it's like I start to love it. And at the same time, I love these blowouts and I was covering Ooh, this other this you Bengals love this little combination thing. Of games. Like, it was this a was, great this little was perfect great for you. little Sunday afternoon. Mark likes it that his games are so bad that he doesn't have to watch his games and then he watches right. the other games. That's a weird it's a weird follows, I track every game. It follows a path. Um, All right, let's take a break, and we'll be right back. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think you could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all. But I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. I'm not guarding like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because they didn't need it? <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Tired of restless nights? Meet Lisa, the sleep experts. <sighs> Here at Lisa, we know that good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health. That's why their mattresses are made for exceptional comfort and support, catering to every sleep need. 
Check out Lisa Sapira Hybrid Mattress, named best hybrid mattress five years running. Sleep hot? The Chill Collection is built with cool-to-the-touch top fabric and layers of high-density comfort foams, all intended to remove excess body heat while maximizing comfort. With Lisa, getting a new mattress has never been easier. Delivery is free, and you have 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your home. Don't spend another night dreaming of better sleep. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com forward slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. That's l-e-e-s-a.com forward slash iHeart. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details. All right. It's time to uh, check in on the late games and let's uh, head to the desert where the Cardinals we're facing the surging Seahawks. Ken Walker has 104 yards on the day on 25 carries. First and goal from the five, he's gonna carry it again. And he's gonna turn up field, and he's gonna try to spin out of a tackle. He gets a push. Does he get there? He does! Touchdown, Seahawks! And they just shoved him across the line to make. You can't knock this kid off his feet. And he scores his second touchdown of the game and all but seals it. Steve Rabel with the call, K-I-R-O. The Seahawks are at it again. And Kenneth Walker, a major reason why uh, the rookie runs hard for a buck nine and two scores, including that clincher you heard there. Final score, 31-21. Seahawks over Cardinals, the first place Seattle Seahawks. Greggy, another... Uh, special day for you oh yeah you said uh you're enjoying the football today it's great all the football i'm enjoying this seahawks team more than maybe anyone except for pete carroll this has to be a fever dream this is the team that he's dreamed of forever there are people that have followed that team their entire lives i've been a lifelong fan the last eight weeks now nine weeks and my enjoyment is right there you're you're maddening that should play well I uh, don't really believe that, but I do believe that this is everything Pete Carroll's ever wanted out of a football team. Like young, long, rangy cornerbacks just breaking up plays and a pass rush full of like 320-pound men, Shelby Harris and Puna Ford and Nuoso, who's a little lighter, but he's getting in the mix in this game and harassing Murray, and they're so young and they're so exciting, and you have a decision maker in Gino that, for the most part, is making really Mm. great throws and good decisions. Had an up-and-down day today, but ended up playing well at the end. But most importantly, you've got a running game that closes the ball game. Kenneth Walker came into this week leading the NFL in yards per carry in the fourth quarter, and it was another fourth quarter where the Seahawks just wore another team down, and this guy just makes you miss. He's so creative when he runs. I don't know who he reminds me of. To me, he's like one of one. He's He's got a little bit of Le'Veon Bell in him, but it's not Le'Veon Bell. I know he's like got the patient thing where he waits forever, and sometimes he's looking for a big play, and it, it costs him that happened today once or twice, but my God, is he a talented back, and he closed this Cardinals team out no matter what they did on defense. Dream scenario for Pete Carroll because he does have a young dog that he could hand the ball off to. K-9 is his nickname. Is it? That's great. That's a perfect that nickname works. as long as he's not offended by it. Um, no, it's his. He, he's got a, his oh, own great. very professional uh, website where you can get <laughs> uh, good t-shirts. Website. I'm just very saying it's really well done. Um, I went okay. to it. This is going to sound like uh, Dan's doing the Geno thing again. I'm not. I, it's more kind of like Good for Gino uh, because he's having such a great season. 
that even it seems like he gets away with his mistakes for the most part too. And he he threw a pick six in the game, didn't get away uh, with that. And a screen that and, was a great play. And had a, a couple a couple of balls that probably should have been picked, including one that preceded his last touchdown pass. So it's just like even when he's the old Geno, that's that's getting papered over by either good fortune or him making up for it later in the game. So I just I'm just like. I watched Gino because I've watched so many of his games in my life, and I'm like, that guy's still in there, but this is also starting to feel like one of those kind of special seasons where things just go right for him, and I'm trying not to take any credit away from him. You are. It sounds like it is, but if you watch this game, you'll notice this game could have been very different if Arizona just made some plays that they didn't. I mean, the pick six was an incredibly – unique play by Zayvon Collins. It wasn't just a terribly thrown ball or something or him not seeing the field. I think that Gino, the thing I like about him is that every week he's going to give you four or five throws that are beautiful. And he, I, you know, they talked about this, and maybe this doesn't matter to most people, but they talked about the fact, to your point on Pete Carroll, that Pete Carroll, like Gino Smith is just Pete Carroll's kind of quarterback, that he has a special, they said he has a special affinity for the journey he's been on. I think to go be believed in by your coach and believed in by your team that matters, and it helps you get out of some of the dark places you get into, and he's done that. He hasn't had a lot of bad quarters, but today, you know, early on, it was like, we'll see, or is this the Geno game we're waiting for, and he worked his way out of it. Right. I think Vance Joseph, the coordinator for the Cardinals, threw a lot at him, and Geno's a guy who wins before the snap, you know, much like his uh, former mentor, Eli Manning. The similarities continue. Uh, and I don't think he knew exactly what he was seeing before the snap a lot of time, and he was holding on to the ball too long. That's an old Geno trait, and he took a couple of bad sacks. But the difference, Dan, and you mentioned like he, he lucked out on one near interception in the red zone. Uh, is one of his worst throws where he just a soft throw to DK Metcalf that he should have put up higher, and it, it probably should have been picked. The very next play, he puts a dime on a defender's back shoulder, which the the chutzpah to make that throw even in tight quarters after you nearly threw an interception was incredible. And DK makes a great catch and they score. So you're right. Like right after he made two of his worst throws of the game, he followed that with dimes for touchdowns. And He's the- having a great year. Right. 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 I, I am not. Don't. Re- and I, I, no, I'm I, know, sure I agree I'm with you on Twitter or wherever the hell else. But like it's just. He has made some mistakes and he's gotten away with it, but he no, does. I agree with you. I wrote in my notes this was one yes. of his worst games for most of it. But like the rest of the team, they've really had a, a good uh, sense of closing out these games in the second half, uh, really all season, but especially last I think they're weeks. for real. I, I'm totally this. The Once the defense uh, has gotten things figured out here and we had a, another big game by their offensive rookie of the year candidate uh, in the secondary, they, they're just – they're having – a really nice run now where the defense, the running game, and the Geno uh, Smith-led passing game, they're all they're humming right now. Yeah, and it's, I mean, the division they're in, you would have thought that Arizona and the Rams would have been serious playoff contenders. And, and, and like so much of the NFC, they're falling off a cliff. And I, I feel like every time I looked up at this game, it was another Arizona Cardinals moment where Billy Price is – you know, whipping the snap over Kyler Murray's head. Rinse you got Kyler and Murray and DeAndre Hopkins jawing at each other. I, I kind of thought that was more just like teammates trying to like. But Greg and I talked about this a bunch that Kyler Murray, uh, 
I think he really, really is obviously frustrated and wants this stuff to go better. But his body language and facial expressions and leaning into people verbally on the sideline is another week-to-week thing. And I, I, they can't get past their own mistakes. They've been a better offense, obviously, with DeAndre Hopkins, who has like 40 targets in three games here. But not here. In this one. But, Woolen did a nice job on him when he was on him. And in general, they, yeah, he didn't just, do much today. I guess my point there would be it's, it's not enough. And it's Robbie Anderson enough. has given them nothing so far. Oh my in God. fact, he was Killer a ne- negative in this game, uh, played poorly. Um, so it's negative the same. four yards, Robbie Anderson. Jason Zumwalt, the uh, the new voice of the show uh, that he here and a longtime Cardinals fan, he suggests that we don't even talk about the Cardinals today as a punishment for how atrocious they've been well, on balance. That would be rewarding them ultimately and That's, i i agree with you yeah i don't they deserve I, this verbal lashing and here's i know they got better when deandre hopkins returned but today it was back to the same old five yards per throw kyler murray yep. where just there was nothing deep down the field at all like the only offense that they consistently had came from kyler scrambling they had a couple decent runs from from james connor but the the passing game it's another team that they've kind of shown us who they are. They're a station to station, bad offensive line offense. And you mentioned him getting upset. The thing that got me about Kyler getting so upset was like, it was the first quarter and he was losing his mind. It reminded me a little of like, sometimes you see in a big tennis match. I know, I know you love the tennis analogies. Tennis is a completely different sport. But when the guys are so edgy early in the match and getting upset at like a not important point in like the first set. It's like, Oh, it's gonna, Uh like he's, he's not there. And that's what Kyler Murray is sometimes in these games. Like he's so frustrated at everyone. And it's like, it's a seven to three Kyler. Your point is he's not John McEnroe who would get upset, but then go win. Well, there you I go. Went See, and little tennis with my wife and two small children, and utterly destroyed them on the court. <laughs> you know what? I, I have th- tennis I roots. I've, I played tennis as a child. I think I've underestimated your sport, like global sports fandom. Yeah, you need to just like maybe data yeah. wipe your preconceived notions I I and start again. Not Effective to mention right his now. talent. He crushed those uh, boys who have yes. never played tennis before. I think I might have I might have eliminated their enjoyment of the sport that day. <laughs> hey, that's one. That's that's also teaching a lesson. Know when to quit. One last thing yeah. on the Seahawks here, by the way. They're going to Germany. They're going to Germany at 6-3. and three. This is like a thing. Why That's are it. you going to Germany at this point? We should. Gina versus Tom time. Brady, this is like my dream game here. We'd give him the week off, right, if he wanted to go follow his little new fetish? I would, yeah. I'd clear that. I mean, the NFL has not cleared that, but I think it's too late for that. All right, let's uh, move to the other uh, late game played in Tampa. And, man, are the Rams – Dead? Hmm. The champs might be dead. First and goal. Brady on the shotgun. Otten sniff to the right side. Here's the snap. In play action fake. Pass to the right side. Caught ball. Touchdown Tampa Bay. Buccaneers take the lead with nine seconds. Kate Otten. Fire the cannons. Fire the cannons. Fire them again. (laughs) 15-13 bucks. Gene (laughs) Deckeroff. W-F-U-S. Tom Brady stepped to the podium after the 16-13 win over the defending Super Bowl champion Rams and said, that was awesome. That was bleeping awesome. Because the Bucs, in another day where their offense struggled, they got the touchdown they needed, taking over with 44 seconds to play, and they go right down the field on the, uh, the Rams, who are just dying 
after their offense could not salt away the win. Uh, so Brady gets it done. Uh, Greg, this was right after uh, – Mark, excuse me. This was right after the previous drive where it looked like the Bucks had lost the game uh, because a- another brutal wide receiver dropped by Scotty Miller in the end zone. But they get another chance and they make the most of it. Huge win. Yeah, I guess whoever won this, you're going to avoid some of the heavy critique that would be coming your way had you been the loser because there's a reason – that we put this game here initially. Now, it, fin- it finished more with more drama than we expected, but three and a half quarters in, this was... A little um, bit of a punishment here. Yeah, a little, a little bit of a we lashing. Were, we, were a bit, we were lashing a bit for, for be, you know, running around, being called the game of the week and all this business, and then you produce a real stinker <laughs> they for were most just, of it. All the players running around town, we're well, the game of the week. <laughs> well, they were. It was actually the game itself <laughs> was running around everywhere. They're like, oh, you think the Bills and Jets are the uh, – who's got Romo? Who's got Nance? We're the game of have the week. Have you seen That's the schedule? How I see it. We're the game of the week. That's how I see it. Like, <laughs> we're the best. The Rams, I mean, have unfixable issues. They have 206 yards of offense. Your offensive line, I mean, they kept sort of showing it over and over. Like, Vita Vea was one of the MVPs oh, of this awesome game. this game. And that, one of the reasons he's awesome, though, is they were showing that the left side of the Rams line just had these, like, open doorways where you can just skirt through and create total problems for, like, both sides. Like, I just I – I, I, I think Stafford – here's the thing. A year ago, Brady and Stafford had 84 touchdowns combined. They went into this game with 16. The Rams can't run the ball. Sean McVay said after, wow. not good enough, not even close to good enough, and Yikes. I'm part of that. And he said changes have to be made, and he reiterated that that's part of him. Part of, that includes him too. They showed on the sideline after the go-ahead touchdown, McVay, and he just seemed just like at a, a guy that was ready for the broadcast booth himself. And Tony Romo, um, who's in the booth with Nance calling this game, even though it's an NFC game that always still messes with my head, um, for CBS – he brought up, and I brought up Aaron Donald and how he hadn't had a big year um, in terms of getting to the quarterback this year. And Romo provided some nice context on what he's seen when he watches the tape, which is that because they have so much issue, so many issues in their secondary, not Jalen Ramsey, uh, but on the other side, they ha- they have they have such a big cushion that they give the opposing wide receivers that. Opposing offenses are just attacking the Rams, getting the ball out quickly, negating Aaron Donald to a certain effect, certain extent. And you didn't see the Bucks light up the Rams defense by any stretch. But in that last series, the, the, the ease in which they went right down the field and basically wiped out the Rams, it was like stunning to watch the D look that bad. Well, they're, but their D played amazing in this game. The but they got but, away with the previous drive, Greg. Uh, Scotty Miller drop. Otherwise, that would have been a touchdown drive, too. My point is, they got the ball, the Buccaneers, seven times in the second half. Every one of those with a chance to go take the lead. And they kept getting stopped. Punt, punt, downs, punts. And these aren't like go down the field and punt. These are like three and outs or one first down. They got that field goal. And then, yes, they did get lucky at the end. But Tom Brady used all of his experience in that drive. He played hurry up even when the ball was stopped. Uh, here are the numbers of the, the play clock of how much time was left mm. when they snapped the ball, even though the clock wasn't moving. 25 seconds, uh, 21 seconds. Where is it here? I'm looking at my notes. 
18 seconds, 17 seconds. And so he was not letting the Rams defense make any play changes, substitute at all. They were just sitting there. He was like, if I can keep them in this defense, I'm going to go down the field. And he played hyperspeed, even though like the, the clock was stopped and all these. And that was some like Tom Brady stuff. that was. I would also note that I don't think the Bucks win this game without their punter operating as an absolute star. Jake Camarda, he had a 74-yard punt in Little this Camarda game. Camarda pop in a big yep. spot. Longest by the Bucks. Ties a team record that goes back to December 14th, 1997 by old Sean Landetta. I love Sean Landetta. After that punt happened, this game had 15 of them. There were 614 punt yards by both teams and like <laughs> 310 yards of total offense. Wow. I mean, you're getting to the point. Um, do we have the Ramsey sound where the we Rams do. defense is I wanna, feeling rightfully, I feel so, like, that they, they're not well, Aaron Donald did up. have a big impact. He, he ended a drive with a sack in this and ended a, the next drive, I believe, with a batted pass. So right. he did, he did have an impact. For the most part, they had a good day until it wasn't a good day. They went, the Bucks had it 12 plays, 53 yard, 53 yards. You had the Scotty Miller drop and then the, Ram, the Rams get the stop on fourth down uh, with um, – just a couple minutes to play. Send the Rams offense back out there. They go three and out and gain six yards and burn one minute of the clock, uh, which then allows Tampa Bay to get one more shot. And in 35 seconds, they go 60 yards for the score. Jalen Ramsey, uh, one of the high-powered stars of this team in the secondary after the game, the frustration is obvious. He's like, how many times do you need us to bail you out? The defense should not have went, had to go back on the field. Mm. Gotta have some dogs who gonna go get it. Be like, like we shouldn't come to the sideline after a big stop like that. And and our coaches or the other side or whoever telling us, man, y'all, we gonna need y'all one more time. We gonna need y'all one more time. Like, what the? F we just we made a big stop. <laughs> Turnover on downs with with a minute and some change left and and no timeouts for for nobody. Gotta have some dogs. It's like, man, f all that. We gonna we gonna end this game right now. Good stop. We're going to end this game for y'all. Like, we got to play off each other in that in that sense. You know what I mean? That's what I mean by we shouldn't even have to go back out there. But it is what it is. It ain't the first time that this has happened. This has happened, you know, multiple times this year, really. And you could... You could call that finger pointing if you want. I, I like it. It's honest. It's, I love it's it. The, it's the star of the defense or one of the top two stars of the defense calling out what we all know, which is that they're playing well, but they're not getting help from the other side. And, you know, when we kill Aaron Rodgers in, in weeks past for dishing out critique but not really including himself at times, like the Rams' defense got it done today. This is the kind of stuff that fractures and pulls apart a locker room. Mm. Their, their loss – in the NFC is not the same to me as let's say if the Bucks have lost this game as, as crazy as the NFC the first place Bucks, right? The Bucks are now tied for first place. And even if they were a game back, I, I would have always given the Bucks a chance to get themselves together in December. just cause you never know the Rams on the other hand, like the Cardinals, the Cardinals are at three and six. The Rams are at three and five are really falling behind in the NFC where I think it's going to be more difficult to make the playoffs. And there's no signs of, like, that it could get better. The players are there. They had nine first downs. There are some crazy stats in this game. The Rams had nine first downs. The Rams, after getting outscored in the fourth quarter here again, have been outscored in the fourth quarter of this year, 71-10. Uh -oh. to 10. Whoa, Shawnee McVay, what's up, buddy? And then one, wow. one last one, and this is the, 
the one that I just can't even believe. Cooper Cup had eight for 127 in this game, two long catches. He had that catch uh, for the touchdown that looked just like the one he had uh, to beat the Bucks last year in the playoffs. In non in in throws that did not go to Cooper Cup, Matthew Stafford dropped back to pass 22 times. In those non Cooper Cup plays, would you want to guess what what they produced? 22 dropbacks. 22 dropbacks. I would say they produced uh, 50 yards. I'm going to take the under 49, like they you did, do on prices, right? They did not break double digits. They had nine yards in those plays. <gasps> oh, no. 22 plays for nine yards. I just won. When it didn't go to Cup. Yeah, I won, won. that. Nice, won nice W. Nice W that's, there. That says it all. Says Actually, it all. we both went over. Prices right rules, so <laughs> no win for you. Oh, you're right. Well, that's some... <laughs> It's not really prices right. It's a football podcast. What a what a sport. It didn't even feel like the Bucks like the Bucks defense still hasn't turned a, a forced a turnover in five weeks. I mean, they did a good job. They only allowed two hundred six, but they haven't forced a turnover in five weeks. Their receivers are still dropping passes. They still couldn't run the ball, and they're still running on first and second down like every time and putting Brady in a bad spot. So there was a lot of typical Bucks stuff until the end. Right. I don't know if that this like good feeling just magically uh, that, that's, helps it. That's you'll, exactly you'll, you'll it. Because had the, had the Rams somehow pulled this off, like people are going to be going nuts on Tampa Bay. Instead, we kind of, if, you, if people don't watch and didn't right. see the game, although it was apparently being played in 100% of the nation, according to uh, Jim <laughs> right. Yeah, I thought that was rude to the Seattle and uh, Arizona game. He said 100% of the nation is getting Is that true game. that if you're, if you're in Arizona or Seattle, that they're playing the Rams? <laughs> I don't think that's the case. I, I think it excludes the local markets where... Although I guess it, it is on in those markets. <laughs> it is on, but you're right because it's <laughs> it's in on well, CBS. Uh, yeah. I think if you're go and, and the, I think the Price is Right rule is you would wager one, so you would say one yard. Right. You blew it. <laughs> right. No, I could I could have because I, I knew Greg wouldn't give us that stat if it was like 98 right. yards. It's right. like well, there's a lot of bad offense right now, but I should have just gone hardcore one. Right. It's one would have been pretty close. Right. Only I would have been shockingly right. I wouldn't yeah, sound like I really knew what I was talking about on top of just winning the. Uh, I feel I feel bad for uh, the Rams. Don't feel well, bad my, for my daughter. Well, my daughter's a huge fan. I know they're uh, they're sad back there. Did she go to the Super Bowl last year? She did. Come on. It's good to learn both sides of the coin. It's it the disappointment that's important too in terms of growth. I find it it, it adds to your character that's as true. a young person. But I th- I think one and I know you would be if you could just get one Jets Super Bowl. Just give me one. You would you would be happy forever. But if well, you, they followed up that season and looked like the 2022 Rams, those Sundays would be it would suck pretty much just about as miserable as if they hadn't won the Super Bowl. They just would it'd just be a miserable chance, experience. Give me a chance to yeah. see if that's what would happen. Yeah. <laughs> that's all I ask. Test for. that hypothesis out on your own. Oh, Greggy had a little bounce in his step in the newsroom. We should have known, Mark, that he had locked up the buck. So a doubly sweet late touchdown. Had it all the way. Very nice. You were sweating that out for a little bit there, Greg. Um, you and I are both um, surging in the at the top of the standings halfway through the season. It's exciting, Mark. You know, come come join us. Come to the party. Everyone got their lock right this week, which is cool. That's I'm nice I'm sweet. one behind you, okay. and I think that you know. It's the great nature of sports. We've been talking about it all evening. Oh, and yes. football is a comeback tale. Football's great. What a I great, what a great day. I love it. Do you love football, Justin? I still love football. You might not love it after we get into mm. the final game of uh, Week Nine Sunday from Arrowhead. It is the Titans taking on the Chiefs. Fourth and twenty-six. Willis puts it up. 
It's incomplete, and it's over. And Kansas City wins in overtime. Mike Tirico with the call for NBC. Yes, the Kansas City Chiefs tie the game with a touchdown and two-point conversion, both on runs from Patrick Mahomes in the fourth quarter. And then after a field goal put them ahead, the Titans go four and out with Malik Willis at quarterback Ryan Tannehill inactive in this game with that ankle issue. And, uh, boys, that is how I'll remember it uh, this game um, when the Tennessee offense really needed a play down the stretch here. They just couldn't get it, and you give credit to Kansas City and their defense. And, of course, Patrick Mahomes, Mark, on a day where he threw 68 passes uh, in the game, uh, too shy of the NFL record for passing attempts in a game. It, it was the plays he made with his legs in the fourth quarter that saved the Chiefs. Yeah, I just this I, I can only imagine what's going on with Gravedigger because I think as a Titans fan, you had to love what was happening early. They, they put a lot of heat on Mahomes. They were creative enough uh, in their in their run game. It was just sort of a typical Titans white knuckle operation and they've matched up well with the Chiefs before it seemed like they were going to get it done but if you're the Chiefs and you're going to run the ball or you're going to have 91 snaps and hold the ball for 41 plus minutes I just saw a Titans defense that started to bleed towards the end they started right, to it, lose their it's energy it's crazy because it was 91 offensive plays and the Chiefs running backs their running game other than Mahomes had 14 yards and right. and it was 17-9 late in that fourth quarter and it was nine nothing at the beginning of the second quarter. At that point, I th- I thought game over. Titans aren't coming back from nine nothing. It felt like it was gonna be a total route. They get seventeen straight points. They're making Mahomes hold the ball forever. Like the defensive line did such a good job over and over again. And I know the stats look so uneven. You know, Chiefs have twenty nine first downs. Titans have nine That's every yet, Titans game. But Man, it just it, it was right there, and they couldn't get lucky, Graver, on uh, on some of those calls on the two point conversions. You got to be going nuts. Off they of couldn't that. get Mahomes actually, down yeah. on the third and seventeen where that he was scrambles. Insane. Also, a holding that wasn't called. I'm, like, I'm not going to complain about any of the calls or whatever because even Travis Kelsey ripping off Josh Kalu's that helmet. That one, that one, Kalu did it. grab him first, so like I could see Should've where. Been the, penalties but it maybe right. could have been. And but that, yeah. and on that same play, there could have been holding where they basically tackled. I think it was Tart coming through. Yeah. I think you can complain on that one. When it, when Travis Kelsey is like chokeholding the guy and like ripping his helmet off, I think you can complain about not offsetting penalties. But I feel like Mahomes would have scored on the next run in anyway, which he did. I think losing Bud Dupree hurt this Titans team a lot because he, when he was in the like Bud Dupree is a really aggressive guy, like a really high motor guy who continues to play and play and play. And Mahomes is the type of quarterback where you need that presence on your defense. And when he went out in the second half with that hip injury that's been bothering him most of the season, it was after his exit that Mahomes had all those scrambles running open downfield. I mean, how do, it looked exactly like the 2019 AFC Championship game mm-hmm. where the Titans get up to a lead and the one spark, like nothing's working for the Chiefs offense, and then it's sparked by Mahomes using his legs. And that's why he's just such a great, unstoppable player. I, I'm sitting there watching the game hoping the Chiefs call running plays. Like every time they call a running play, I'm like, this defense has got it. If they call a pass, I don't know. Mahomes is going to do some magical thing. I think I'm hesitant to say that Patrick Mahomes is underrated. 
in any way because I think he is properly celebrated as one of the best quarterbacks uh, in the league and potentially all time when it's all said and done. But uh, guys like Lamar Jackson and Josh Allen, you know, we talk about all the time how they can change games with their legs. Mahomes has been this guy his whole career as well, his ability and his impeccable uh, instincts of when to flee, when he needs 17 yards, he can get that for you. And I think it's just like more, you see it every week, the traditional pocket passer is dead. You need guys like Patrick Mahomes uh, that can do it with their legs when it's not there in the passing game. And on the Tennessee side with Malik Willis, you know, he's a young quarterback, obviously. He was drafted in the third round, I believe. He's a developmental-type player uh, in a draft class that didn't have a lot of high-end talent by most people's uh, expectations. Uh, but, Mark, he, he wasn't ready for the moment when things got hot in the fourth quarter, right down to the final drive there where the offensive line was buying him some time and he just wouldn't pull the trigger on throws. Now you could say downfield, there's nobody open, but also there was a little bit of a deer in the headlights vibe. I Wang is in a tough spot because they're a very weapons poor offense in general. He's not surrounded by much at all, or anything in the, in the, in the, passing game. They're running a bunch of three tight end sets. I mean, it's the contrast between a lot of the, a lot of the Patrick Mahomes plays where he's taking off with his feet and making incredible first downs. It's because of his vision, because of what he's seen, because of what his options are and what he, and the choices he makes. And Willis, I thought towards the end of the game, when he had those two terrible sacks in a row to essentially ice the thing, it's like the last thing you wanted to be, as the Titans was having to put the game into Malik Willis's hands because it's like they they successfully played around his weaknesses all game and then the floor fell out. Right, but they didn't successfully do it on offense after those first three drives. The the frustrating thing is he had a couple of nice throws. He had a nice deep ball that they dropped uh, on the go ball down the sideline. He had two nice throws. They had another, and which is why I think they were confident enough to go back to it in a place where you didn't really need to be aggressive later in the game and Westbrook Aquina couldn't you know, bring it in. That wasn't on him. Yeah, yeah, the nice back shoulder to Hooper. But they had nine drives to end the game on offense in which they totaled one first down. Right. Three. I mean, that, yeah. that's the worst stretch of offensive player right there of any offense in any spot all year. And the sequence that killed me was they somehow managed to extend their lead from 14-9 to 17-9 in that stretch. And they had the ball in the fourth quarter around the 42-yard line. You got a second and eight. And that's when they do uh, a drop-back pass where they throw the ball deep, doesn't work, and then they have a screen, they lose yardage, and they punt it away. I wanted more time, more running. I actually Me thought too. they could have leaned more Henry into Henry had 17 carries. Right, he I just think... seemed to vanish in this game down well, the stretch. And, and he had zero targets, which this is what bothered me the most. Like, even if, you know, it's the end of the game and you can't hand it off because you're running out of time or whatever – Henry can stay on the field and be a weapon. You get him in space, and he can make people miss. Like we've Great seen him bigger. make people miss this year in space. You, you're absolutely right. I thought the same thing. There were in that last drive in uh, possession in the fourth quarter. Uh, he's off the field. He's on the sideline, and it's like, yeah, we've seen him catch passes before, make a guy miss, and then take it to the house. They needed. Uh, him to save them, and he can't save them when he's not on the field. So, yes, maybe Malik Wills had a couple nice throws, but 5 of 16 Ugh. for 80 <laughs> yards was the final total. And it's just a bummer, obviously, as a Titans fan, because Tannehill's on the sideline, too. And uh, you know the, everything else equal, if he's in this game, 
they they win uh, and they just this is they when, let this one slip. When away. is the last time we saw a game where a team you know with a chance to took it to overtime where they finished the game with ten straight jo- drives of eight or fewer net yards? That's right. a pretty wild. So that's that's what I mean. Where just you you would have thought there would have been more adjustment in terms of read option plays and design runs. Like if they had just chosen not to pass at all and have Willis on the move with read options and more runs for Henry, even in overtime when it was like second and eight, just run Henry four straight times and see what happens. Well, see I, if you can get do you think, I wonder yards. like behind the scenes, like they're trying to give him the smallest playbook possible and he just doesn't seem up to speed. I mean, maybe, but yeah, they didn't, they didn't like make a Willis is going to run the ball a lot. I mean, the read options worked in the first half and it's crazy because the defensive plan to Mahomes did work perfectly. All they needed was a remote, a tiny bit of confidence from their <laughs> offense and they win this game. And yet what we'll remember, kind of like we remember Tom Brady at the end of this game for finally getting it done at the end. What I'll remember ultimately is not only Mahomes running, but on that overtime drive, the second down throw where he's falling over and Kelsey makes an incredible catch behind his back or, you know, on a throw that was behind him. Reaching and then back. the third and in inches play, everything for the Chiefs has to be harder where Mahomes needs to stop on a dime and then make an incredible throw down the field on third and in inches to set up the game-winning field goal. That's that's what Mahomes does. That's what Brady does. That's why Danny loves football. I love football so much. And uh, Tannehill did go out on the field. Um, before the game, he tried warming up, but he never even planted his ailing ankle in the turf before he walked off the field and was made inactive. I guess that's uh, where we see again, Justin, Tennessee is a team that can hang with anyone the way they play their physical style. It didn't work out today in the end. Uh, the only thing that would be a real disaster to, is if this Tannehill injury is worse than we uh, know. And I think it's been reported as a high ankle sprain. So right. they snowed mm-hmm. under... Um, budding young reporter Justin Graver who's uh, trying to get in front of yeah. things on the injury front not to you know get on you when you're down here he did get in front of loss. things and then he got rolled over by the, the bus of misinformation I've been pretty yeah. wrong tw- two weeks in a row but hey I, would be a I nice... wasn't going to bring it up but you know <laughs> it would be a great. nice night for uh, Jessica to maybe make you some nice cupcakes or something or a treat mm. when you get home yeah that would be I nice. don't know how that how that works can I hit you with so one gross. stat before what? we close this up weird guy Titans became the fourth team since the year <laughs> That's 2000. That's what you do. Like when your your mate is hurting, you would want physically to bake cupcakes. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> I'm saying that's one. I pulled that out of a hat. It could be anything. Wouldn't you feel even just like the smallest, like almost like infantilized if like, oh, your football team lost. I'm going to make you cupcakes. Maybe not. I think it's, it's more really like nice. there's some, could be really nice. some fantasy stuff going on. Go ahead, Justin. <laughs> the Titans yeah, became the fourth team since the <laughs> 2000 season to finish a game without completing a pass to a wide receiver. Name a worse receiving core in the NFL than what the oh, Titans don't are blame, fielding. No, right don't now. blame it on the receivers. A, I mean, uh, that's, a, that's a wrap, bro. The Rams would give up a time to go home. A, three first-round picks for to get Robert Woods back. <laughs> uh, you hung tight. You almost won. You're going to win your oh. division. You'll have a home game. You'll have another chance maybe against this team. First round playoff exit type of Titans. No, this was no. Don't, don't get this no, no, made no, 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 no. me feel even better about the Titans. They really have something <laughs> in terms of the greater than the sum of their parts. They win this game with Tannehill. Don't don't uh don't fret. Okay. And even if it doesn't work out for the Titans, football's so amazing. Football's fun. That you just like enjoy the sport no matter what happens. Yeah, I'm rooting for the Seahawks if if I can't root for they're oh, my wow. NFC they're my NFC team. Yeah, he's already pivoted off. No, they're my team. NFC team. Okay, well 
Yeah, well, that's joint, don't, don't, at the very You know what? Least. Two weeks ago, I was telling Dan not to lose hope about the Jets. That's right. Well, we're saying that to you right now. About yeah, the Titans. I'm not losing hope. Okay. I, I, Malik Willis has a long way to go before. Well, we just like, talk I, about I, openly right rooting now. for a different team. But right. well, yeah. just like as I mean, a I would lose hope if it's Malik Willis for. I'm trying to turn into Greg, who has like seven teams. Right. No, the twelves. Don't we'll, you don't want to be Greg? We'll we'll welcome you. The twelves are. We carefully choose as your role models. You know. I feel like Greg's really loyal to football. So yeah, right. Don't be a loyal football guy. I like you as you are. A passionate fan. Emotionally detached. We're going to have a, uh, <laughs> a meetup for the 6.30 a.m. Munich game. Okay. Uh, the 12s, we're, we're all getting around uh, the Los Angeles area. That's good. Cupcakes, uh, Cupcakes will be provided. <laughs> By Jessica. Um, <laughs> With the biggest Seahawks fan of all, self-proclaimed. I'm sure that's going to go over really well at that meetup. Greg's been a fan for about two, two weeks, three weeks. Two, two months. Um, all right. That's it. Thank you to everybody for... Listening, I you know what? Really, thank you. This is a sincere thank you because we just uh, came off the two best months we've ever had mm. on this podcast in terms of listenership, which 10 years into this show and knowing everything about our show and everything with Chris and um, and just the just being together and doing this as long as we have. Uh, to be get the support that we get. I do love football. I love doing this football podcast with you boys. Yes. And uh, we are very lucky uh, to have loyal fans that came back or are coming and joining us this season and trying to figure out all the weird inside jokes and drops we have. Welcome aboard to all the new listeners. It's been very cool. And I believe I um, told them at the outset of the show to shut up about a topic or oh, two. Right. Um, oh, that was tough. I take that back. That and, was I was um, in the moment. And um, thank you for yeah. teeing that up because uh, the any fans in Kansas, um, that was a bit. I have I I bet you have very uh, keen sensibilities when it comes to comedy, and I didn't mean right. to infer that you do not. Right. We love the Midwest and in, in all parts of the country. Yes. And to people even outside the Midwest that do enjoy CBS comedies like you're valuable as people and your opinions should be respected. Let's not go too far. <laughs> but thank you to everybody. Well All said. Right. <laughs> There's like one guy that listened. He's like a huge uh, young Sheldon fan. Super pissed right now. Young Sheldon's like 17 right now. Heed the call. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. 
Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.